Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, let's just get right into it. What you see on your screen is a tweet from Jason Schreier, formerly of Kotaku, currently of Bloomberg, who has put out a post that talks about CD Projekt Red and really the last big blockbuster game to come out in 2020. And I know those of you that are looking forward to the Demon Souls remaster or Miles Morales or various other things are looking askance at that statement. But Cyberpunk 2077 really does hold a special place in the video game hype zeitgeist for the end of the year coming up. And in this post, he said the following. Last year, the bosses of CD Projekt Red approached me for an interview. They wanted to announce that for Cyberpunk 2077, they would be avoiding mandatory crunch. This week, they sent out an email to staff announcing studio-wide mandatory crunch. So the point of this post is, of course, the hypocrisy inherent in CD Projekt Red, how they are approaching the Cyberpunk 2077 development process. And of course, if you're on Twitter or on social media in general, looking at video games in this space, you will see a lot of commentary, a lot of thoughts about this. A lot of calls for unionization, a lot of calls for changes in culture to the video game community. And Jason Schreier himself is going to participate in this somewhat with one of the folks that we have talked about in this space in the past, Colin Moriarty, currently of Colin's Last Stand, formerly of Kind of Funny, formerly of IGN. And I don't think that Jason Schreier covers himself in glory in these interactions. I actually think his article is pretty good and useful. And we're going to take a look at that article. One thing I have to apologize for is that this entire video is done in incognito mode in my browser, primarily because, as those of you who have been with virtual legality for a long time know, Jason Schreier at some point in the past blocked me on Twitter, which is fine. That's well within his rights to do. I still don't know exactly why he did it, but I'm blocked by Jason. And so when he puts out these tweets that people are responding to, a lot of the time I get half the story. And so for this video, this is an incognito mode, which means that we won't be using our highlighting programs. And so we'll have to read on the fly. Cyberpunk 2077 publisher orders six-day weeks ahead of launch. They have said that they are going to have people come in, I think, on Saturdays uh, during this six-week launch time frame. I think the game is currently scheduled to launch on uh, November 17th, uh, perhaps. Uh, maybe we'll see that release date as part of this article. But overall, they have been asked to, to work an extra day. Polish video game developer CD Projekt Red told employees on Monday that six-day work weeks will be mandatory leading up to the November release of the highly anticipated Cyberpunk 2077, reneging on an earlier promise to not force overtime on the project. And we will take a look at Jason's prior Kotaku articles about this to kind of get a flavor for what CD Projekt Red had promised, how this is a reneging of that promise to some extent, but also how perhaps certain things in 2020 have changed the calculus and that maybe CD Projekt Red did its best. And while we can still say it's not ideal here at the end of the day, we can still not like it. And it's totally fine if you go out on Twitter or into the comments of this video and say, I think this is crap, Rick. I don't want to support it. I think it's bad. That is well within your rights. But reasonable minds can differ on this. And I want to talk to you about it from the perspective of someone that legitimately represents companies and corporations, and you might not like that side of the argument, but hopefully it at least adds a little contour to what this discussion actually is. Red, a subsidiary of Poland's biggest gaming company, CD Projekt SA, has been criticized previously for engaging in crunch. 
an industry term for excessive overtime in game development. The practice often lasts for weeks and can stretch out for months or even years. CD Projekt Red co-chief executive officer Marcin Iwinski last year told gaming website Kotaku that the company would be avoiding mandatory crunch and was committed to allowing employees to work without overtime. But an account from a CD Projekt Red employee recently, as well as an email to staff earlier this week, indicate that the company hasn't lived up to its word. The employee, who asked not to be named discussing private information, said some staff had already been putting in nights and weekends for more than a year which I think is a good segue to actually talking about what CD Projekt Red said last year. So in this Kotaku article, May 17th, 2019, Jason Schreier is responding, apparently, to the request for interview that was made of him by CD Projekt Red. And you have a quote here from Marcin Nowinski that says, We're known, let me be humble for a moment here, we're known for treating gamers with respect. Indeed, The Witcher 3 was known for very low-cost, very high content DLC and for not being monetized in a way that you might see from the Electronic Arts and Activisions of the world for operating the good old games website to give you DRM free PC games. And so they have been building up a certain amount of goodwill with gamers that is expected to continue really through the launch of uh, Cyberpunk 2077, regardless of how this story winds up being treated by the games journalism press or, or even the gamers themselves. This is what we've been working hard towards. And I actually would like for us to also be known for treating developers with respect. One of the ways the company plans to do that, Iwinski said, is through a non-obligatory crunch policy that isn't brand new, but that the Warsaw-based CD Projekt Red plans to push harder. He wants to make it clear to Cyberpunk's 2077's developers that even when the studio asks them to work on nights and weekends, it's not mandatory. We've been working toward it for some time already. We've been communicating clearly to people that, of course, there are certain moments where we need to work harder. Like, I think the E3 demo is a pretty good example. Remember, this is in May of 2019. But we want to be more humane and treat people with respect. If they need to take time off, they can take time off. Nobody will be frowned upon if this will be requested. And then Jason does what he does in these articles. We've talked about it in the past. I think he's a good investigative journalist. I think he has a lot of good sources. He tends to editorialize. He's done that more at Kotaku than he, he's currently doing at Bloomberg to his credit. But he has a paragraph here where he says rightly that anyone who's worked anywhere knows that a request from the boss doesn't need to be mandatory for it to be something that you have to do. So essentially what CD Projekt Red is trying to establish here is a change in cultural philosophy, that they still obviously need to get their projects done, that these are huge, massive undertakings that are done for seven years or five years, depending on how you read the development of Cyberpunk 2077. But at the end of the day, they want to be a place where if the management is asking you for something that is over and above what you are willing to give to the company, that that is something that you can tell them that they will, of course, acknowledge, note in your file and whatever, but hopefully treat as something that is reasonable and humane and treating their people with respect. Because, as we've also talked about with respect to the video game industry, churn isn't necessarily a great thing either. The video game industry has a problem with burning people out at the lower levels, churning through them, and not ultimately building up a base of folks that will be the next generation of video game development. I, I agree with that philosophically. When probed, Iwinski wouldn't promise to limit crunch to certain periods or offer specific numbers, 
other than to say that he hoped making this public statement would help CD Projekt Red employees feel more comfortable telling their managers when they don't want to put in extra hours. I think this is the commitment we're ready to make today and we'll be listening to people. So CD Projekt Red on the cyber on the cyberpunk project doesn't want to say there won't be any crunch. What they do want to say is that the crunch will effectively be something that is treated more humanely. And as Bloomberg and Jason rightly point out here, is not something that is mandatory. So if you go and you make it mandatory, it is, of course, a reneging on certain promises that you have made. This email that was leaked to Jason says, starting today, the entire development studio is in overdrive. Your typical amount of work and one day of the weekend. The extra work would be paid as required by Polish labor laws. And as Bloomberg rightly points out here, many other video game studios don't pay for overtime. Generally speaking, a lot of the folks that are making these video games are salaried employees and aren't required to be paid overtime under U.S. law. Every jurisdiction around the globe is going to have different labor laws covering their different industries. Here, the article says they are going to get paid for this overtime. One of the things that you see in these articles from Jason, and I think it's perfectly fine to have this opinion. If you have it, you can share it with me in the comments, is this notion that that money isn't enough right? That whatever society, whether it's Poland or the United States or anywhere else has decided upon, it isn't necessarily enough. You wouldn't make that choice if you were on your own as an employee. And as I've said in the past in this space, that's perfectly fine to think as well. Absolutely. You should be evaluating if you're at CD Projekt Red or Activision or Electronic Arts or anywhere else in the industry on really a day-to-day, if not a week-to-week basis, whether or not the job is giving you the value you're getting from the paycheck for the value that you're putting in to do it. Video games have this problem of being a rock star industry that a lot of people like, that a lot of people follow, that there are a lot of young folks that are willing to really kill themselves to get in. And that's always going to be a problem in those rock star industries. That's video games, that's music, that's movies, that's television. Those are really the things we talk about in virtual legality. And unfortunately, because they are popular, because that is the pop culture, you do have these kinds of fights. But you do get in that Bloomberg article that CD Projekt Red is committed to performing legally, to paying their folks under Polish law what is required to be paid. Of course, if they weren't doing that, if things were illegal, then that would create its own problem. But as Kotaku talked about in 2019, Jason and Kotaku isn't necessarily satisfied with that, right? They look at this and say, well, they're trying to get ahead of this story. Folks aren't necessarily going to be properly compensated just based on the money that they would receive for this overtime. And so this is something that we continually have to evaluate. Now, with that all being said, we've got this Kotaku pointing out here that you get 150% for nights and 250% for weekends under Polish law, but that for many, that isn't enough to make up for lost family time and other mental and physical issues that can result from overwork. It's a perfectly reasonable comment to make, but it's not necessarily a comment that we can make from afar. That's going to differ for everybody. And we can talk about anecdotes and maybe I'll bring up an anecdote or two about my time practicing big law here in the United States. But at the end of the day, one of the big problems I have with this conversation on Twitter, on social media, in these articles is this notion that we can tell folks, especially folks living across an ocean from us, exactly what they should be willing to deal with and live with and what they shouldn't be. And I really do think that the people that are in the best position to make those determinations are the people that are on the ground that are making this game. There is good management that can result in a crunch period and there is bad management that can result in a crunch period. 
and I'm not in a position to tell you which one is which. I can give you the history of the company, however. Shortly after this article from Kotaku, we got another Jason Schreier tweet that talked about the time frame for Cyberpunk, right? This is at the end of May. So a couple of weeks after he just had that interview with the folks at CD Projekt, he said, this has gotten a lot of Reddit attention. So some clarity. I have heard from three sources that Cyberpunk was aiming for 2019, presumably holiday 2019, but belief around the studio was that it was an unrealistic target. I expect first half 2020 or maybe even an E3 announcement of 2019 and then a delay to 2020. Now, of course, as E3 starts in this next week after this tweet is made, Cyberpunk would be announced for April of 2020. After that happened, Jason would then have another interview with the Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red folks in which he got them to commit to something in which if a lawyer is present in the room, you probably wouldn't commit to in this fashion. And yes, people hate lawyers for this, but you can look at Jason's actual question. If I'm a designer at CD Projekt Red and I say, you know what I have, kids, I have a family, I'm going to work from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day and that's it even until the very end, am I going to be okay with that? Yes, yes, no matter what. Yes. Right. So we can't predict the future. Lawyers will always tell their clients to not make statements about future possibilities like this one, especially not to journalists. But CD Projekt Red did do these kinds of interviews to try to get public relations. And I think it's right for Bloomberg and Jason to call them out on reneging on the promise effectively after they have gotten whatever public relations boon they achieved last year. That being said, you are in a situation now where as you look at this, the question is, what kind of efforts did CD Projekt Red do to avoid this activity, right? You have a tweet now that came out from Adam Badowski, who I believe is the uh, head of studio at CD Projekt Red in response to Jason Schreier's tweet yesterday. He said, these last six weeks are our final sprint on a project we've all spent much of our lives on, something we care for deeply. The majority of the team understands that push, especially in light of the fact that we have just sent the game to CERT certification and every day brings us visibly closer to shipping a game we want to be proud of. This is one of the hardest decisions I've had to make, but everyone is well compensated for every extra hour they put in. And like in recent years, 10% of the annual profit our company generates in 2020 will be split directly among the team. They have a profit sharing program for their employees and Cyberpunk is going to sell like gangbusters. Now, the opposing argument to that is Cyberpunk would sell like Game Busters even if they missed the last window, really, of 2020 before the holiday season starts. And I think that's a reasonable counter-argument. But when you get a statement like this, you get the right pose. You don't have to agree with them. You can think that they are essentially putting on a front. But you get the right pose here, which is that CD Projekt Red has never presented itself to the public as someone that is doing these kinds of things lightly and is not thinking through them. The next quote that Jason puts forward in this article is from the folks at CD Projekt Red. I take it upon myself to receive the full backlash for this decision. I know this is in direct opposition to what we've said about Crunch. It's also in direct opposition to what I personally grew to believe a while back, that Crunch should never be the answer. But we've extended all other possible means of navigating the situation. Now, one of the things that pops up in these various articles is that CD Projekt Red hasn't really had a hit 
since The Witcher 3 came out, which isn't that long ago. It's about the middle of the generation from the PlayStation 4 timeframe, but they didn't make a lot of money through Thronebreaker. It doesn't look like they made a lot of money through Gwent. And so Cyberpunk is a big deal. They've had to put a lot of their financial resources behind it. And while they'd like to say that they have a big war chest for doing these kinds of things, seven years of development time is a long time to spend on a project. And so I think a person that wants to give CD Projekt Red the benefit of the doubt could look at this time frame, could look at what they have said and say they really did try to not overly crunch their employees. They were aimed at 2019. They pushed that back to April. Then April comes and it looks like it's not going to be made. So they push that back to September. Then a little bit before September, that comes and they push that back to November. And what's important about November? November is really the last off-ramp for releasing a successful video game project in 2020. You are going to skip December in almost all cases. Uh, I'm looking at you, Immortals Phoenix Rising. We'll see how that project actually does. There are very few games that release in December that have a significant amount of success. It's certainly not what you would release a blockbuster like this during. So if you skip that pre-Thanksgiving time period for Cyberpunk 2077, you're really looking at holding it for an extra couple of months, limiting those revenues to yourselves, yes, but also to your employees. And you have done now three delays. And I, and I would ask the question of those folks that are getting on CD Projekt Red so hard for this, and it's fully within their rights to do so, but do you want a company that at least makes these noises, appears to try, delays multiple times in an effort to really give the project enough time to coalesce so that you can avoid the really big crunch periods. Jason himself mentions that crunch at places like, who knows, Rockstar, Naughty Dog, all these horror stories of folks that are crunching for effectively years on, on what amounts to a mandatory basis without even the promises made publicly about non-mandatory humane treatment of developers. Do you want that, the company that just blows through it and doesn't really care? Or do you want a company that tries to make these statements, gets to the end state after three delays and looks at the thing and says, look, we just have to push for six more weeks. We are very sorry about it. We're going to make it right. We're going to pay you under the law. We're going to give you, you know, the 10% of the profits from this game when an employee profit share really doesn't have to exist at that level. Uh, if they didn't want it to exist, I look at that and say, I always want to be encouraging companies to be better citizens, to have this better behavior. And I don't want to castigate them when they fail, when it looks for all the world like it's a, it's a moderate failure. This isn't them having to do crunch for six months on a mandatory basis. This isn't them having to walk back all of their promises. This is them looking at the situation and saying, we need a last push in October primarily to get this thing done. And could they move it back? Absolutely. But you are looking at a company that doesn't have unlimited money, has creditors that probably have to be paid to some extent, have told folks that they are going to release this game in this fiscal year, and they've moved it all the way back to the very last minute, really, that they can do that. And now, having failed all of those options, they are going to crunch for six weeks. The other confounding characteristic of this, and I think it's a little unfair of Mr. Schreier, is that 2020 is not a normal year. 2020 
is not really a year that I think we should be judging any company or any individual's best practices. This is a situation in which they delayed three times, yes, but nobody knew that everything would be work from home, everything would be remote. The best companies in the world have cut down on their efficiencies working from home, and maybe that'll improve if work from home continues ad infinitum. God, I hope not. But maybe those efficiencies will improve. But All these companies are operating at something like a one-month, two-month, three-month delay efficiency level anyway. So in this particular situation where you've pushed everything back to the very last minute of the last off-ramp for your fiscal year here in 2020 to really make the most bang for your buck in the product that you want to sell, I look at this and say, yes, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think overwork is a good thing. Every end of quarter where I worked at Big Law, I had to work all-nighters. I had to work whole long periods of time where I didn't see my family. There was a year where I worked basically from American Thanksgiving through to New Year's Eve, and I didn't see anybody with various little breaks for things like actual Christmas Day. And and that almost killed me. That wasn't something I liked, and I left. I ultimately went and formed my own firm and do my own thing and now talk to you all on YouTube. And no, that's not a possibility for everybody. But it is the kind of thing where I was in the best position to know. And my colleague loved it, thrived, loves that situation. And, you know, half dozen of them did. And so it's one of those things where I really step back and say, look, I think I know best. I'm I'm a lawyer. I'm a well-educated person. I think my opinions are very strong. But I also know that I can't tell you, especially Polish citizens of the world, what to fight for and what not to fight for. All I can say is nobody will do the fighting for you. So if you aren't satisfied with your lot in life, absolutely talk to your colleagues, figure out what is best for you, figure out whether you need to be looking for additional work or different work, if that is what you think is required. But maybe the vast bulk of you are okay with this. I can't say, Jason can't say, the guy on Twitter randomly spouting about unionization or talking about various other labor laws, especially in Poland, can't say. And so when you get these kinds of things, when what amounts to good reporting from Bloomberg and Jason Schreier winds up becoming this political thing, that's when I have an issue, right? So I pulled up a Colin Moriarty tweet. I know a lot of you in the comments won't necessarily like him. I know a number of you else will like him very much. But he said what I think is a fairly grounded take on all of this. Sorry, but that CD Projekt story is much ado about nothing. Is it ideal? No. But the team is essentially being asked for seven extra days of paid work. The better the game is, the better off they'll all do. Not everything is a crisis. This breathless calamity seeking is lame. And I don't really think Jason walked over the line towards calamity seeking in this reporting particularly, but he certainly does so on the regular on Twitter. Right. So he responded to this tweet by image. I don't know whether that means that Colin is blocked for him or not, but he said, this is quite a take. It's also spreading misinformation to a wide audience. As I reported today, this week's email is the first instance of mandatory crunch. Some at CDPR say they've been crunching for months. Others have been working overtime in fits and starts for years. But those are two separate statements, right? We, as we talked about, CD Projekt Red never said there wouldn't be crunch, there wouldn't be requests for overtime. They just said that they would take people's understandings and wanting to limit that into account to act more humanely. Now, Jason hasn't accused CD Projekt Red of not meeting that end of the bargain. So just adding those two sentences at the end is designed to make CD Projekt Red look worse than he himself has actually reported. Now, it took me a little while and it took me some nice uh, direct messages and some social media contacts from other folks who helped me understand what Jason's main point here is when he talks about misinformation. He appears to be objecting to Colin's statement 
that this is essentially being asked for. Now, I read that and said, yeah, it is being asked for. Uh, why is that different than mandatory? But I think Jason and the other side of the coin has a fair argument to suggest that Colin is playing down the mandatory aspect nature of this thing by saying just being asked for. However, it was, of course, Kotaku and Jason that pointed out in his own article that mandatory versus non-mandatory is maybe a bit of a gray area because when the boss asks you to do something over time or on a Saturday, if it doesn't get done, that's going to reflect on you. It's going to reflect on your boss, and it's not going to be a great situation for the company in any event. So yes, they're being asked to do this because they could always quit, and I think this is a fight that maybe didn't need to make sense. He then goes on and talks about crunch in general. Crunch is too complicated and nuanced a subject for Twitter soundbites. Totally agree. It comes in many different forms and hits people in many different ways. It's pressure, it's culture, it's people giving you dirty looks because you're not being a team player by going home to your kids. That's all well and good. That's all fair. But as we've talked about in this space, that might work for some people. Different companies have different cultures because we as human beings are different people. I didn't fit very well in certain workplaces. I didn't fit very well in other workplaces. And then I found places that I did fit well. That's going to be the same in video games as the same as in accounting or lawyering or wherever else you might find yourself. So the takeaway here is that, yeah, overwork isn't great. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes the management didn't screw up. They tried their best. And we're at a situation where you got to work hard for six weeks. You don't have to love it. You can complain to your spouse. You can complain after it's all over. But Maybe then you find another place to work, or maybe at the end of the day, you're the one giving the dirty looks because you want to get the project done. You love this thing. You want to work that extra time. You love getting the extra money, maybe. Maybe it's more than enough for you. And who are we or Jason or even Colin to say what is right or wrong for you individuals? And and that's really my personal editorializing on this stuff. I thought this was a very interesting article. I thought this was a very interesting story because you do have that reneging of the promise. But I also think that the messaging coming from CDPR, that they are unhappy with this state of affairs, that they tried everything, that you actually look at the historical context for what has happened here, does suggest that CD Projekt Red didn't want to impose mandatory crunch And in the year of our Lord 2020, with coronavirus running rampant across the world and trying their best to work from home and be efficient, this was the end state for really releasing this game in 2020 at all and hopefully moving on to newer and better things at a studio that is getting revenue once again. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, like, subscribe, share, tell folks that we are here. Leave comments in my videos to tell me how I'm wrong or how I'm right. I love having those conversations. And I know this is an area of some significant contention around the internet and especially in video games. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.